Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, rumors are starting to circulate about who might replace Bob Iger when he steps down as chairman of the Walt Disney Company next year. John Lasseter takes a leave of absence over sexual misconduct allegations, and we'll discuss whether Disney is being lost at the Walt Disney World Resort Hotels. We're also going to debate whether or not Flight of Passage is the best Disney attraction ever. I'll save you the trouble. Yes, it is. All that coming up next. From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 967, for the week of November 28th, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Okay. It's going to be one of those shows, Craig. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Mr. Sean Falk. Hi. Uh, from our West Coast team, Mr. Tyler Couch. Hi, everyone. Crouch. Crouch. <laughs> Sorry. It is going to be one of those shows, man. We're not even five minutes in. Have a seat. Tyler Couch is here. <laughs> it's like, I've never heard that one before, like, in my entire Except high I school know. career. Except I know. Yeah, know? I know you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. Charles Boda. Hello. And back in the production nook, our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. And Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. So, uh, yeah, welcome, everybody, and hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I did. You guys all had a nice... Mm-hmm. Well, I know, you know, two of you definitely did, because you were here at my house. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was oh, here, three too. of you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the couch was yeah, here. Yeah, the couch was now, here. Now, I'm, now I've got this nickname forever, don't I? <laughs> Hashtag the couch. Okay. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice holiday. We actually went shopping on Black Friday. Wow. I haven't done that in years. Sean and I went out mm-hmm. and did some... And it was weird because like we got to Best Buy at like 8 o'clock when they opened, and it wasn't bad at all. Oh, really? And not at all. And then we you know, went around and did some other stuff, and then had to go back to Best Buy and pick something up around 1, mm-hmm. and it was a nightmare. So it was definitely better to get out early. Yeah, oh, no. When, okay. when he had said like before, he's like, oh, I want to go Black Friday shopping, and I haven't done it in a while, and I want to be like in the hectic chaos of like doing that and i was like i I don't think you do like i know you and i don't i think that's the last thing you want so like we got out and everything was really low-key and he's like oh this wasn't what i expected and then about one all the stores like filled up and he was like we got to get out of here i don't i don't like this at all and i was like yeah i didn't think you would it was pretty bad that's why it delays your shopping on your knuckles right now yeah (laughs) um but that was fun that was fun so uh just a couple things in uh in housekeeping um we just want to remind everybody about our show schedule uh, the next few weeks. It's all going to be normal up until the week of December 11th. That's the final week of live shows that we're going to be doing after that. Uh, our shows, um, the Universal show, this show, the Disneyland show, all go on hiatus. Uh, they'll be returning the week of January 2nd. Uh, we will be putting up episodes of the Disney Dining Show and the Best and Worst of Walt Disney World throughout the month of December. So those will still be going up. Plus, we'll be doing some other things, but 
uh, we always take our hiatus, you know, take a couple weeks off at the end of the year. And um, so I just want to remind everybody about that. So the week of December 11th will be the last week of live shows we're going to do. We'll be coming back on January, January 2nd. So, yay. Um, Anything else? That's all I have. I also uh, want to mention, uh, I want to thank everyone on behalf of uh, John and Kevin for their condolences over the passing of uh, John's dad. I believe today is the uh, memorial service in New Jersey. Um, and so, uh, you know, thank you for your thoughts and prayers. And uh, his fam- he and his family can continue to use them. It's a, certainly, it's never a good time, but certainly during the holidays. Oh, yeah. You know, that's rough. So, mm-hmm. but uh, is there anything else? That we have in housekeeping. Somebody should have something in housekeeping. Really? No. Nothing. What's going on out in California, Tyler? <laughs> uh oh, Christmas. Christmas time. It's the same thing that's going on out here, but uh, they've got a couple new things at Cars Land. You know, they're doing uh, new uh, music. They've got Christmas music at Cars Land now. Uh, I can't put me on the spot. I'm trying to think of anything so, that's like, going on now that you've like had some time to be in the parks while you've been out here. Yeah, for Christmas, um, who does it better? That's a tough one because there's so much more at Disney World. So, uh, and more is it, better, so we do it better. Well, I'm saying, saying it's harder for them to spread it as much. You know, mm-hmm. they've got a lot more to cover. Uh, but actually, they've done a really good job this year. I think, I think that so too. Epcot is really amazing. I think Disney Springs is really nice. Uh, and I think the one that suffers the most strangely is um, Magic Kingdom, which really? I which I feel like needs decorations a little like a little spread out a little bit more. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's kind of the problem with Magic. Whereas you go to, you go to Epcot and every you know every country has the celebration, its own celebration, and everything. So, and that's actually one of my favorite things out here is they they have you know a different. They talk about their traditions that each country goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one of the things I really like about the festival out here. Whereas, you know, we get a lot of great acts and stuff in, in California, but it's nice to hear about the tradition from people who know about it. So, another cool thing that I found out is that uh, out in California, they there's a band called uh, Mostly Kosher. They uh, they you know celebrate uh, the Jewish holiday, obviously, and um, they trained a bunch of people out here to bring that act to Orlando. Oh, really? Yeah. So so it's really cool, actually. I just went and watched it over in Epcot. It's it's the same act, but done by different people who were trained by the band in California. So I think that's really cool that that's they brought cool. them over here. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, glad to have you out here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> Thanks. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and get started with the news now that I've stretched housekeeping a little bit because <laughs> we may end up, I'm afraid we may end up a little short the show, but... Um, so we're going to start with the uh, the first news story, and that's uh, John Lasseter taking a leave of absence over sexual harassment allegations. And this came out uh, this came out last week. It was a big bombshell story in the Hollywood Reporter. Um, but uh, you know, and part of it they were saying Rashida Jones um, left Pixar because of this, and so that was like the big Hollywood Reporter story only to have her come out and say, no, that's not the reason I left. She left because of diversity issues, opportunities for women, things of that nature. Uh, now, Charles, you uh, wrote the story. Yeah. Um, um, talk a little bit about this. Um, okay, so <clears throat> the, uh, I don't remember which night it was, but at night, the, we put out a story uh, with The Hollywood Report. They had 
only used anonymous sources uh, who said that they were worried about their careers when they spoke about um, John Lasseter having a history of inappropriate behavior, sexual misconduct type stuff. Uh, and they claimed <clears throat> that Rashida Jones and her writing partner, Will McCormick, actually left Toy Story 4 a little bit early because of unwanted advances by John Lasseter towards Jones. So Jones comes out the next day and says that this has nothing to do with it. Um, and she made a statement talking about in the rush to make allegations lately um, that people aren't actually doing their full reporting. And the reason that she and McCormick left was because she, they didn't feel that Pixar was giving an equal voice to females and people of color. <clears throat> so she mentioned, I think in a, a, I don't remember whether it was a Facebook or a public memo or anything like that, but she actually mentioned, you know, out of Pixar's 20 movies, that only one is co-directed by a female and only one is directed by a person of color. And if you look at Lasseter's full menu, uh, uh, full memo, when he talks about stepping down, he's taking a six-month leave of absence. Um, he mentions uh, a line about you know inappropriate conduct. He does mention, uh, it's been brought to my attention that I've made some of you feel disrespected and uncomfortable. That was never my intent. I especially want to apologize to anyone who has ever been on the receiving end of an unwanted hug or any other gesture that they felt crossed the line in any way, shape, or form. No matter how benign my intent, everyone has the right to set their own boundaries and have them respected. So those were his comments on the misconduct thing that came out in the memo. But most of it was actually about um, the entire first paragraph is talking about the fact that it was his job to provide a voice to the numerous creative outlets of everybody, and that he might have dropped a ball, uh, dropped the ball on that line. Um, uh, probably the best bit of it. Um, uh, I've always wanted our animation studios to be places where creators can explore their vision with the support and collaboration of other gifted animators and storytellers. This kind of creative culture takes constant vigilance to maintain. It's built on trust and respect, and it becomes fragile if any members of the team don't feel valued. As a leader, it is my responsibility to ensure that doesn't happen, and I now believe I've been falling short in this regard. Um, and if you look at Pixar's track record and everything like that, um, you know, the story started out about the misconduct allegations, but once Jones's reply came out, um, at least in my opinion, the story is about is Pixar doing a good enough job representing all creative... But do you think he's taking a six-month leave of absence because... Somebody left the team over, you know, creative differences or, or he, diversity issues. Well, his um, that's what the, that's what's got me confused. That you know the the leave of absence almost seemed like a knee jerk with the release mm -hmm. of the story that he was taking a six month leave of absence, which a lot of people who are being accused are doing. There, that's mm -hmm. like the, the that's like the go to. I'm going to rehab. <laughs> You know, right now, I think, you know, you know, Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein and John Laz are all sitting in the same rehab day room having coffee. Um, but then when she came out with this, I started saying and she's like, you know, in this in this rush right now to break these stories about high profile men in particular in entertainment or politics with sexual misconduct allegations that some places are not doing their journalism work um, and it sort of kind of gives the Hollywood reporter a bit of a black eye here again going with anonymous sources that aren't on the record but also attributing something to Jones that she's saying was not the reason she left um, 
so it's like I'm kind of confused. Do we, you know, was I, it sexual misconduct or was it something else? I watch ABC News and I watch CNN. That's sort of like my guilty pleasure at night is to watch that. And lately, you know, it's been all about, you know, people doing things they shouldn't be doing. But I haven't seen anybody on the news mention John Lasseter. They're, you know, real good at talking about Roy Moore and Al Franken and Weinstein. But there's, like, no news. So it's like, is Disney hoping that it, or Pixar hoping that this goes away? Or they're taking their time to investigate that they didn't rush to judgment? It's like, it just seems strange that, like, you didn't hear somebody from, like, Bob Iger go, oh, yes, we stand behind him. Or they're not saying anything. Not saying so, anything at all. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? Well, I think the the Jones reply makes the rest of the article suspect. And if you look at a lot of the allegations that are circulating, uh, especially in the enter- entertainment industry, they're public allegations. They're people bravely stepping forward um, and saying, okay, this happened. Um, and multiple people in a lot of these cases. Uh, they're not one-offs. The Hollywood Reporter, the only person who they specifically name is Jones and she says that wasn't the reason mm-hmm. so all of the anonymous sources it becomes suspect now I, I could never say whether any of those are true or false whether those sources exist or what they said but that's the point none of us can say it so it's one of those things where um, you know he mentions the memo is very vague and when he talks about leaving he talks about leaving um, to renew his vigor to take care of himself and to be a better leader Mm-hmm. Um, and role model and mentor and things like that. So it could be a way of addressing it. But honestly, like, you know, I think there I think there are probably a few factors. And, you know, if taking a leave of absence can cut this off, you know, I'll, nobody is nobody's claim making the exact same kind of claims as a lot of other people. Right. You know, they're saying that Lassiter is friendly and known for his hugs mm-hmm. and that people are finding it inappropriate. And there is a difference between a friendly hug and a creepy hug. And it's not always easy to tell um, until you're being hugged. So it could be one of those things where, you know, they realize that before this comes out, he's got to reevaluate what kind of leader he is, what he finds appropriate in the workplace and stuff like that. Um, but nobody, nobody has found this a big enough of an issue to actually come publicly come forward, put their careers on the line, um, which is a difficult thing to do, so no judgment. But if people do exist who have these legitimate problems, nobody has come forward to say, hey, my name is this, I've been working for Disney for so long, and this is these are the problems I'm having. But here's the thing, too. It, it's sexual harassment and that sort of thing isn't always in, like an actual sexual act. He's just... Because what I've come to understand is they have a uh, term for like that they would teach people about how to avoid him how to avoid being kissed by him the last sitter yeah and so like that's kind of messed up that some that the the person in charge like everybody has to be like oh you know he does this but it's not i, I you know what i mean like, i understand what you're saying too and and people are making like like Harvey Weinstein essentially is borderline raping people you know what i mean that's allegedly a, allegedly I mean, exactly like, i believe you know, i believe that's all true but right and he held people in these places and held you know and, and so there seems to be an act of force with him whereas john lasseter seems like um maybe it's just a guy that either you know what i mean it, it could be either thing but he just 
a guy up in power who liked to, you know, an old school mind who thinks a slap on the butt is like an okay thing, which it's not anymore. But he, you know, I don't know. I I follow a lot of uh, just animators in general on Twitter, just so because they share a lot of their artwork and other cool little things. And a big consensus that came out of ones who work in the animation industry is that this wasn't a surprise at all. (laughs) That this was pretty well known that John Lasseter has been doing that, that is and some have been saying that his drinking has been getting out of control and that he's just, he is kind of spiraling and which I think is a shame because he is a genius, but you know, not all geniuses are, are perfect. Exactly. No, most geniuses are tortured. Yeah. Um, they're tortured souls. And you know, a lot of times you look at a lot of, uh, people who have, really gained a lot of fame and success and there's a lot of demons there's a lot of demons behind that so um but it's very interesting you know this is a kind of a similar but different story to what Mm -hmm. we've been hearing in the news with Mm -hmm. a lot of people in entertainment so um i'm interested to see you know if more comes out Mm because as kathy points out you're not really seeing it anywhere else Mm -mm. um on the mainstream press so i wonder if they're not doing I'm sure they're not ignoring it, right? Um, but doing some due diligence to check out allegations, see if they can get somebody to come on the record, find out. You know, I think right now there does seem to be at that level there. There, and I really had considered the Hollywood Reporter. You know, maybe this was naive on my part, but I always kind of trusted what they what they said. Now this has kind of made me think, like, okay, you know, mm. maybe everything's going to be taken with a grain of salt. But do you here. think it's because it's Disney? I mean. Disney's a powerhouse. Disney yeah. can, you know, say, "Hey, we don't want you to do this." And I think a part of that, I, I, I'm in that same mindset <coughs> as you, Kathy, where he <coughs> is not just Pixar. You know what I mean? He's so deeply invested in the company beyond Pixar because they kind of put all their eggs in a basket with him. Because now he's what something to do with Imagineering too. He's like the president something he's it sounds like an honorary title but essentially he's the guy who's creating these concepts for them like pixar pier and all that stuff and and then he's also the head of the toon studios isn't he of disney studios he's chief creative officer of the all of animation yeah so So, with pixar and and the studios and disney tuned all of that so he is embedded in that and uh you know he will he's one of the key creators of pixar so it, it, he is a massive portion. That's why at D23, when they do the animation uh, the animation panel, he's the one who comes out, and he is the host of it. Right. Um, he is, in terms of animation and Walt Disney, he, he is the face of it. Uh, everything that goes through there is, while other people might be creating it, it's essentially... It's running past him, but and I'm, it's his babies. I, I'm saying, I mean, and I'm with Kathy on that, too, where it seems like, it's what you're saying, Pete, is that, like, it's not getting covered by other places. So, is it that this massive corporation is well, invested? So if we much were talking, if we were solely talking about ABC News, then I could make the jump that there's yeah. corporate pressure because ABC is owned by Disney. CNN, no, um, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I don't think Disney can exert that kind of pressure. Yeah, over CNN or Fox or MSNBC or Bloomberg or any of the major news outlets that are out there. Um, well, if anything, they might be more likely to do it because that's a competitor against them. Like ABC is a competitor. I mean, not that they purposely would go out of their way, but I it mean, would, 
It was, yeah, it was heavily reported. Rashida Jones' um, response was heavily. I, I saw a few places where they didn't report the initial, um, the initial stepping down uh, until the R- Rashida Jones response, where mm-hmm. it's like um, Rashida Jones comes out against Hollywood Reporter allegations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where I think there, there, was no, there was no counter to that. The Hollywood Reporter didn't come out with more sources after that right. or additional information. So it, that story became kind of dead in the water until new information comes out. And there is also, once again, the aspect of um, this, it transitioned a little bit. That story also turned into a story about a lack of diversity and creativity mm-hmm. in Pixar um, instead of just those allegations. Right. So. And I think also you, you, you're probably right now, especially on this topic, going to ha- have most respectable news organizations being very cautious because if they go with half-baked allegations right. and it turns out that it's false, they open themselves up to a massive defamation suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you probably have um, you, you probably have some, at least some of them maybe being cautious but I, I just find it interesting in the days subsequent mm-hmm. we haven't heard much then again we had you know Thanksgiving and the holiday weekend and I'm hoping that what they're doing is taking the time and investigating internally before they come out and say mm-hmm. anything you know, I yeah. mean, they they do that to to cast members when something happens. They investigate. So yeah. I'm sure they're trying to give John Lasseter that same, you know, let let him say what he has to say, and then they independently go and find out. I don't think it's a conspiracy. It's just sort of, I don't know. Maybe I expect that from Disney. Like, hey, we're going to put the lid on this till we know what's going on. Well, because it wouldn't be the first time, um, right? But all right. Uh, in other, let's move on to the next story. In other. Disney business news. <clears throat> um, Bloomberg, uh, Bloomberg news agency yesterday um, published a story um, saying that the rumor right now is that um, Bob Chapek, who is head of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, is widely considered by insiders at Disney to be the successor to Bob Iger when he steps down next year. Um, just some facts before we get into the discussion. Uh, Chapik is 57 years old. He is currently the head, as I mentioned, of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. That puts him in charge of all Disney theme parks properties around the world, um, with the notable exception of uh, Tokyo Disneyland, because Tokyo Disneyland is not actually owned by Disney. They license the name. Um, but uh, he, uh, prior to this role, he was uh, president of Consumer Products, Prior to that, he was president of distribution at the Walt Disney Studios. Um, interestingly enough, he has his degree in microbiology <laughs> from Indiana University and an MBA from Michigan State. So <clears throat> he's definitely been groomed in his career when you see where they put him. You know, he's, ta- he's been involved with the studios. He's been involved with consumer products. He's been involved with theme parks. Um, but uh, this is the first time I've heard anything I, maybe I was just missing it, but this is the first time I've heard anything where Chapik's name's been dropped. Yeah, he came from out of nowhere for this <laughs> well, position. Well, I got to tell you what this smells like to me, because this was not, Disney's not confirming this. This was not a press release from Disney saying, you know, here's the heir apparent. Um, this read like it was leaked to Bloomberg as part of a campaign mm, to get his yeah. name in discussion. 
Um, and I've seen this happen. I'm convinced it's what happened with Matt we met back in the day when he was head of Disneyland, Disneyland Resort, and Al Weiss was moving on to worldwide operations, and there was going to be a position open as president of Walt Disney World. And out comes this press release that, you know, uh, Matt we met is going, you know, is probably going to be the next president of Walt Disney World, and that didn't happen, and he left the company. Um, and this is not unusual for people who are angling for a particular position, especially at this level. This is not, you know, we're not talking about Fry Captain. Um, we're talking about the head of the largest media company in the world, and arguably. Um, or maybe not arguably. They are the largest media company yeah. in the world, yeah. Um, so this sounds like maybe Chapik's team, to me, I have no basis for this whatsoever, but it sounds to me like it's a political campaign to put pressure on Disney because, you know, 2019's approaching. Mm-hmm. And Iger, with, you know, you, you can question his, his policies, you can question, you cannot question how well the company has done under him. And at the end of the day, this is being done for shareholders. Shareholders want to know who's taking over next. And, and they I, haven't announced a successor. Couldn't you say that Iger could have leaked it, or his team, because until that story came out, they really didn't have a candidate? It's absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible. But this, re- this is a leak to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this, this got leaked intentionally to get this discussion going. Um, I mean, if I were Bob Iger, and that's... Uh, I mean, only from my perspective, I've never run a big company before, but um, I, if I was trying to test the waters a bit and wanted things to carry over, I would actually leak the story and see what it does as far as like stocks and shares go. I mean, if they skyrocket on a certain name popping up, that's the name to go with. Well, it's also very – so. that you mentioned that it's very interesting that Bloomberg is a financial – Mm-hmm. That's a, a a financial news agency. Mm-hmm. That's what they mostly. I mean, they cover news, but it's a lot of it has to do with with business. Yeah, and so that it got put out. It was it was it was released by Bloomberg. Is telling in and of itself. So mm-hmm. it could because that's you know the financial yeah, markets I mean, read Bloomberg. For me, it would have to be the higher up person like Bob Iger that would be. That would leak that in order to test the waters, because I mean, if this, if the other guy, his name's never really been out there and on the table and stuff, to put your own name out there, I know if I were the one picking, I would not go with that person. I mean, it, it would have to be a traceable back thing in a lot of ways, or it'd be very suspect. Like, okay, like this guy's name just randomly popped up, and if I'm Bob Iger and I know as soon as I announce, like, hey, I'm leaving or I'm retiring, I'm sure he has some good idea of like what name is already going to be out there. Like, as you've met people and as you've worked there, like, you know who you're going to pick. Like, it's not some random last-minute thing. Like, oh, he's in the news. Like, I'll just pick that guy. Right. Or whatever. So I would do the thing where I test the waters and see how the shares do. So Well, you know, as far as using, um, you know, however it got leaked um, or put out there using Bloomberg, this is coming after their year-end earnings reports. Mm -hmm. And Parks and Resorts, was the only one that showed substantial uh, substantial increases in uh, revenues and operating costs after that earnings report. Mm-hmm. So now is a good time to float that name out there, true? Because that is what he is heading. It's I mean, 
you know, they they have a lot in development, so I wouldn't call their their other divisions failures by any means. Mm-hmm. But if you're floating your name out there or trying to get a feel investor wise on how people feel about it, um, right after the earnings report where Chapek's division ends up coming out the most successful is the perfect time to right, do that. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. still fresh in people's minds. This is why I think it's I I I mean it could be from you know from Iger or at that level, but. This just looks to me like it's somebody in Chapek's realm leaking this out, especially mm-hmm. after after that report. Again, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but from the standpoint of what we care about, let's think about Bob Chapek. Um, a lot of the uh, policies that, you know, the cost cutting, the price increases, the unusual money grabs, as we've referred to it over the last few years, all of this happened under Chapek's direction. This is all Bob Chapek. Um, I don't know how I feel about this man having the reins of the company. That, you know, I, you know, I think most of us will agree, and if you don't, you can certainly say something, but I think most of us will agree that the guest experience has suffered Mm-hmm. Uh, in recent years, um, and that's with him as head of parks and resorts. What's going to happen if he's got the the captain's share? Um, and I don't. I haven't felt personally that Chapik is somebody who's really in touch with the reality of the experience on the ground at Walt Disney World. And so I'm not excited about this. Yeah, it's tough because <clears throat> in terms of current. Disney executives, I'm not, I'm not quite sure that there still is anyone who really deserves to be CEO after Bob Iger. Uh, it's there's no not there's in the, no not in the company. One. I would say, I would actually, as much as I'm fifty fifty on Bob Chapek in terms of a figurehead, someone who does have experience in different arms, I feel like he could step into it, but I, I think. Externally hiring a new CEO. Well, is, that, that 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 begs the question: Who? Who would you go? Would uh, you go for Tim Cook at Apple? No, no, no. I, I genuinely don't have an answer for that. But Tyler does. I don't. That's the thing is, I'm kind of like I'm like I don't know enough. Well, because about it Bob is Chabak such and it's such an unusual. I mean, look, it's an unusual company. Yeah, it's got arms in everything. It's in. News and television broadcasting, in, in films, theme parks, consumer products, their 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 hands are in everything. So you know you know if you're just looking at consumer products, then you can go to look to tap somebody who's done really well in consumer products. If you're looking at you know film studios, you can look at some. But I, there is nobody out there that actually has. I mean, look for for what it's worth, Iger didn't have that experience. Mm. Iger came in as the head of ABC. He was head of, head of the news. I mean, he went up through the ranks. He was the, uh, you know, the, the, the favorite of the board coming in. And he, it's proven to be, you know, pretty, from a business standpoint, it's proven to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good choice. I mean, what was the first thing he did when he came in? He bought Pixar. And he brought Steve Jobs onto the board. Um, and that just infused a whole new thing into the yeah. dynamic of the company and think about how much that decision for Disney to buy Pixar 
the things that have been created by Pixar since then. I mean, certainly before that, there was great things created by Pixar. But think about you know the impact that that acquisition has had on what we see in the parks, what we see in films. Um, you know, they can do no wrong, effectively. Marvel, that was his acquisition. Lucasfilms, that was his acquisition. Mm-hmm. All of these things have done really well. They've translated very well, generally speaking, into the parks. Um, but how the parks are run, we would talk about the guest experience, we talk about the, the money grab, mm-hmm. um, the mm-hmm. constant plussing of everything. Um, what do you think about Kathleen Kennedy or Kevin Feige for CEO? Because that, that came up in the, in the chat here, and I actually think that's pretty interesting because Bob Iger came from, came from TV anyway. I got to tell you, I know she doesn't have the best reputation in the world, but I think Kathleen Kennedy would be um, uh, – I, I think she would – I think that would just blow everything up. I think they're very friendly too, but that it, her and Iger are very business friendly. You know what I mean? I and I think a lot of her, anything. I think, <laughs> but I uh, and I also think, in fairness, a lot of her reputation because she has a reputation of not being the nicest person on the planet. But I think a lot of that is, you know, you hear it all the time that if a man is Actually, like that, he's a brilliant businessman. If a woman's like that, she's a bitch. Yeah. Um, I and was, I was going to say, yeah. So I think I I would love. Love to see someone, Kathleen Kennedy, or someone in that realm, a woman in that I realm. I was going to say, I'd specific. like to see a change up. Yeah. Um, well, that would be. Now, do you think? Let's let the conversation go where it's going. Do you think this company is progressive enough to put a woman oh, as right. the head of head as, as the head of the studio? Because remember, we're not just talking about the head of a film studio here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about. Because we've had female heads of studios. But at, the, I, at this level, I mean, do we have... I mean, this is a Fortune 20 company. Do we have a female CEO as the head of a Fortune 20? I don't think we do. We might. But the fact that I can't think of a name tells me that if there is, it's rare. Um, so I, mean, I could see them doing that if the right person came along. I mean, I could see them doing anything that they think is going to make them money and, you know, be the right just the right choice for them. They're more worried about, you know, the money they're going to make and everything. Than, what, why are you shaking your head? Uh, it's just funny because Tyler's saying like, I think they will. And <laughs> <laughs> so, shaking his head. No, yeah, I'm trying. To, like, I think it's a fantastic to, like, look idea. At everybody. Like honestly. So, but yeah, I, I, I think that's something that they could definitely, they would, they could definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it goes up and down, right? Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay, this this would be absolutely insane, but since he sold off DreamWorks Animation over to Universal, he doesn't really have anything on his plate besides some mobile technology. But what about throwing Katzenberg back in the mix? Oh, never. No? He's still so hated. He He's is? still so hated in that company. I can't imagine it. I mean, look, does, you know... I. I, I think you'd be. I think it would be viewed as going back to the Eisner era, and that's not something I think most people want to embrace. You, you wonder if they'd be afraid of like pigeonholing themselves too much because I felt like that's what they did with Michael Eisner. Like he kind of just focused kind of too much in one direction, right? And then you wonder if they're afraid of that in this in this situation again. It's it's. It, I don't know. There's no person that I could possibly think of that I would think that person is right for this company i i I, it's like bob Iger is like 
a, a man among men. I don't know how else to describe him. It's well, maybe that's uh, why it needs a woman. <laughs> that, 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 there you go. You yeah. know, that's because slight. he's a man among men. But yeah. I think we need a woman. A woman among men. Yes. I, I think would be would be phenomenal. And I think, especially in the current climate, hmm. in the current climate, it would be such a mass. You know, obviously, you know, the person has to have. The um, oh my doorbell. Um, the person has to have the uh, Rhino. Just go check and see. Um, the person has to have the business uh, credentials right. to run the company. But if that person has the credentials and also happens to be a woman, I think it would absolutely blow everything up. Yeah, I think um, I think Disney would go there, and and maybe she can't doesn't have her finger on the pulse of all the different divisions but i'm sure if she brings a strength to something that disney thinks that they need they can bring somebody else in you know like her right hand man and or woman or woman <laughs> and you know disney's See, I, 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 I think that would be a mistake though i think if they you know if they were to ins- uh, put a woman in as head of the studio and then bring in a guy to be like you know to make sure everything goes all right. Well, yeah, um, you wouldn't want that's that. going to no. be no. that's going to be problematic. But if you're talking about something in the in the vein of Eisner and Wells, you know Michael Eisner and Frank Wells, where they really in a lot of ways were co CEOs of that company, right? To turn it around, um, and that partnership was legendary in terms of the the changes it made to the studio, the business, the theme parks. Um, and you know whatever you want to say about Michael Eisner, um, the current condition of the company in the parks is due in large measure to his leadership. And while he stayed too long at the fair, to quote right. a song, um, uh, he did a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of things now that would not mm-hmm. have been the company as we know it, the theme parks we love would not would probably have been sold off. Would probably because that's what was getting ready to happen when he came in. They were circling, the Vultures were circling that company because it was ripe for a, a hostile takeover and to break up the pieces and sell them off. And, you know, uh, Eisner and Wells really in large measure helped prevent that. So, um, you know, that's certainly not the case now. This is a very strong company. Nobody's going to come in and poach this company out from mm-hmm. underneath anybody. But I think I, I think, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is a great, uh, that's, a, that's a great name to float. Yeah. As a, uh you know, as we mentioned, Disney is a very, well, it's gigantic. Uh, it's also unique. It has a lot of divisions that conceivably could operate independent of each other, but are all interconnected. Anybody, mm-hmm. even Chapik, with the amount of experience he has, um, he has experience in uh, the film studio as far as distribution, but mm-hmm. he would still need to defer to a lot of people's judgment as far as how the cr- studios creatively are run. Um, anybody who comes in, regardless of their experience, is never going to have the experience to run each one of those divisions themselves. Mm -hmm. So you're looking for somebody who is broad scope, grand scheme, can put those pieces together um, and profit off things in a large amount. But yeah, anybody who you bring in is going to need to to rely heavily on the department heads. Um, So, you know, having a lot of experience is great, but... You know, if if it were me, and it's uh, not like I have experience choosing CEOs, but I would look for somebody who has taken a company and can think in broad, large strokes. Um, and, you know, that's 
in the general direction of where you want to run. You right. know, like um, when it gets down to the nitpicking and, and stuff like that, you know, you're going to have department heads for that. Right. So. All right. So we need to, uh, good discussion. We need to move on to the next topic, which I think will generate a, a little bit of discussion as well. And it's kind of, kind of uh, feeds into this one pretty good. We talk about the direction of the company, direction of the parks. Um, one of our contributors, Philip, I believe it's pronounced Schoen, but I could be mispronouncing your last name, Philip. I apologize if I am. Put an article up yesterday on the Diz. Uh, is the Disney being lost in Disney World Resort hotels? And, you know, when I first looked at the title, I'm like, well, no. But then I read the article, and I'm like, oh, maybe. <laughs> um, he really does make uh, a compelling uh, argument here that as these redesigns are happening, um, these resorts are starting to look as though they could be anywhere, in any place, by any company. Um, so he starts off talking about uh, the new concept art for the expansion and reimagination of Disney's Coronado Springs. Um, and he says, uh, my re- initial reaction was that it looked lovely, but like a trendy hotel that could be located anywhere and operated by any company. Um, and he makes uh, an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, comparison to the rooms at Pop Century, the new rooms at Pop Century. And he photoshopped just a little bit the shot of the room, taking out a Mickey head on the headboard. And you look at it like, yeah, that could be that could be a Holiday Inn Express. That could mm-hmm. be anywhere. So let's talk about that. Um, you have a look on your face, Kathy, <laughs> in, in discussing this. Um, what do you think? Do you think that these resorts are starting to lose their Disney touch? They are. Um, this reminds me, um, well, the first time I, I went to Disney at Caribbean Beach, I fell in love with the room because of the decor. And the resort, you know, it just had a feel to it. And it was at a place that I felt like I had never stayed before. In a previous job, I used to travel, you know, almost weekly and stayed at Marriott's all the time. These rooms are starting to look like Marriott hotels or if you ever watch Hotel Impossible. And Anthony's always going on. You want the white duvet, you know, everything. Because it indicates it's clean, you know, I like some of the tacky bedspreads that Disney had or, you know, they, they like at the beach club, you felt like it, you were at the shore. Now, you could be anywhere. At and, a boutique hotel somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And the pop century thing, it kills me every time I have a client that wants the new rooms. Oh, look at that. Yes, there's some points that now they got rid of carpeting and they put in like the the vinyl tile or laminate or whatever they put down i get that that that's a cleanliness thing but like taking away some of the things and like when he took out that mickey head really how much is there in the room now that makes you think that you're at pop century you're at disney you could be staying just about anywhere well he he also points out and i'll quote the article directly lastly heavily themed does not mean it has to have mickey head-shaped things everywhere giant statues a little mermaid in the courtyards or bowling pin shaped coverings around the stairwell. It can simply be something that provides full immersion into a unique location and setting, which is what these resorts are supposed to do. Full immersion. So you look at the Polynesian. You look at the contemporary. You look at Caribbean Beach as a good example. Port Orleans, Riverside, and French Quarter for that matter. Um, That's kind of what made it special, that full immersion. 
and it you know I don't know that that is at at risk of going away but is it full immersion if these rooms are basically stripped down to basically what I could get anywhere else at twice the you know at at half the price basically well right. part of the thing being in the room was you were immersed in Disney you know for the values and the moderates definitely the deluxe it started to get a little fancier um, you know, you do spend a fair amount of time in your room, and they're losing all that. Yes, they're still theming outside, but for me, when I first came, it was the whole package. It was outside, how that was themed, and then when I was in my room. So I think that's why a lot of people pay extra to stay at a Disney resort, and it's not because you get extra magic hours or different things. I think... Like the benefits of staying on property are starting to go away because you're not immersed in the theme. Well, one of the things I wonder is if they are starting to move away from just super theming a room uh, in these regular hotels to maybe they want to do the really crazy uh, entertainment experiences like they're doing in the Star Wars hotel that's coming out. And they maybe want to give people a, a chance to stay in kind of a more regular hotel room or, you know, I'm saying this could be like a very first step to having hotels that are going to be like really heavily themed and just really out there, you know, beyond the Star Wars hotel. But I like, mean, that's what they had. One of the reasons I moved to Florida was the theming at Korean Beach, corny as that may be. But to me, that was like the, the Florida lifestyle. And now it's just like. You know, white it's, uh, sheets. It's, and- I mean, at the end of the day, it's just kind of an industry standard to go to this cleaner and more aesthetically pleasing look using dark woods, lots of whites, grays in there. It's, I mean, we talked about it two or three years ago when Pete saw the renovated rooms at the Hard Rock Hotel. Absolutely hated it because it was the – well – it was the pink that really threw him over the top there. Gray, white, and but, pink. <laughs> yeah. But that's that they stripped it all down. And that's just what hotels are doing now. And, you know, I while we appreciate as Uber Disney fans, the casual person who comes down, maybe that's not quite what they're looking for. They might be oh, pleasantly sure. surprised by but, it. But I agree with Kathy. Like I, I you know, Disney and this it kind of ties into the CEO story why i say kathleen kennedy would be a good idea because she's a storyteller and i think disney's proven that if it's one thing they do well it's they tell stories in all mediums it's not just in television and movies it's in uh you know what it means to walk through a theme park what it means to arrive at a hotel and what that hotel looks like there's a story in there even if it's subtle it's still supposed to be a storytelling and it feels like this is a step backwards from telling stories at the individual resorts and that's what I always felt like they're like different books you you know I know they're hotels but it just feels like this is my issue with the hotels in California the three Disney resorts there is that I always I don't understand I I haven't stayed in it but I don't understand why you guys like the Disneyland Hotel so much more than, than Grand California and only for me coming from an outside perspective like I understand Disneyland Hotels is the is the where the legacy is, and I do understand that it's a nice hotel too. Um, but for me, the only hotel you have out there that has any real theming to it is 
California Adventure. The other two are just hotels that have Disney stuff in them. But California Adventure, not California Adventure. Oh, what no, am I saying? No, I, Grand California I, tells I, a story. That, I mean, I think that Disney. I mean, I think the Disneyland Hotel mimics Disneyland in that there are different towers. That there's an Adventureland tower. There's a Frontierland tower. So it kind of mimics that, but in each of those towers, the rooms are all exactly the same. So it doesn't really go that far. Um, I, I kind of agree with you where I think that the only overarching theme in California is Grand Californian, but but oh, it is my favorite hotel out there by far. I, I don't really like staying at Disneyland Hotel anymore. Oh, yeah. you're fired. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just kind of, it needs an update. It does. Well, that being said, um, first of all, Disneyland Hotel built in the late 50s when they weren't theming hotels. Um, right. right. It is the original. The history is there. Um, uh, they bring so much... I, I'm sorry, that entire resort drips Disney. Um, oh, I That entire I agree resort that. drips Disney. And I feel, you know, as opposed to a small, cold, dark, dank, overpriced room at the Grand Californian... Um, I feel like I have, you know, a larger, more spacious, more comfortable, better designed, better appointed room with more of those magical touches that are what I want when I go into a Disney resort. Um, so I, I vehemently disagree that, you know, other than just a couple of touches, the Disneyland Hotel really, you know, doesn't doesn't tell a story or doesn't. It tells the story of Disneyland. It is the story of Disneyland. It's the history of Disneyland. There's a reason why. Uh, when we had um, um, oh, Don Ballard, Don Ballard on the show, that that interview did so well because he did such a great job of talking about how that hotel is the history of that park and ultimately the history of the company and all the theme parks everywhere in the world. That's where it started. So. Um, for me, I connect with that when I'm there, and that's the draw to it. So to say it's not Disney, uh, you know, not Disney enough. It's everything Disney. It's everything. The reason we have the hotels that we have now mm-hmm. started there. You know, that was the original. Um, so that's my that's my soapbox. And we are ten minutes from the hour. I've got to move on to rapid fire. <laughs> I'm actually going to have to skip a discussion point here because I have an appointment. I've got to make at two thirty, so I can't let the show go too long today. <laughs> but thank you guys for a great discussion. With that, we're going to wrap up that section and we're going to move over to rapid fire. And we'll start with you, Sean. All right. Uh, we just learned that Tiana's Riverboat Party ice cream and ice cream social and viewing party has been extended in, to include dates through December twenty first, two thousand seventeen. Yay! Uh, this festival, this festive party was set to have its last. Oh, the thirty first through the thirty first, right? It says twenty first. So that must be it. Hey, I pulled the title right from the website article, so well, okay. we'll not my mistake. So, and if you show up and it's not <laughs> happening, then it was the twenty first. So, uh, you can still get on the boat though, and you can still see Tiana. So, uh, and you can eat ice cream in front of her. Um, this festive party was set to have its last go in August, but due to its popularity, dates have been extended to either the twenty first or the thirty first of December um, throughout the fall and winter to give the opportunity to everyone. The special gathering takes place in the Liberty Square Riverboat, where guests can enjoy ice cream complete with toppings drinks and sweet treats along with a very special viewing location for the festival of fantasy parade the cost is $49 per person ages 10 and up $29 for ages 3 through 9 entrance to the magic kingdom is required obviously so if you don't know that like i don't know what to tell you (laughs) so all right thank you sean that's it tyler 
All right, so everybody knows that Coco is out in theaters now. Uh, the Disney Parks blog just shared with us recently that uh, over in the Mexico Folk Art Gallery in Epcot, they're going to be um, changing up the artwork that's currently displayed over there, and they're going to be putting in an interactive exhibit, and it'll also have um, various scenes that showcase uh, or showcases various scenes from the movie that'll be uh, displayed in festive dioramas. So. That sounds pretty cool. I wonder if the dioramas are going to be kind of like, um, kind of like how they are on Main Street, you know, like if they're going to be animated or anything. So I'm really curious to see. Uh, that's that's all we got so far on that. All right, thank you, Tyler. Kathy. Okay, uh, Disney Cruise Line just released a special discount um, that has to be booked by December the first. It's on the Fantasy March 17th. It's a seven night Caribbean cruise, and it's a um, OGTV, uh, this is a VGT, which means it's heavily restricted. It means you need the names and birth dates. You can't make any changes, and it needs to be paid in full when you make it. So we always recommend getting the trip insurance. So if you're looking for something to do on March 17 of 2018 on a seven-night cruise, contact Dreams, and we can get you pricing. I'll be in Italy. Good for you. I first saw that I was like first saw that I was like wow wow that that sounds really good and like oh I'm not going to be here. That's unusual they did it this far out. And correct me if I'm wrong aren't we in the middle of uh, spring break? Yeah. On March 17th. Mm-hmm. That's an it's very interesting it's on that sailing and it's so heavily discounted. Mm-hmm. Um very interesting but hey it's not going to be it's not going to be here for long. No, and you have to do it by December 1st so yeah, Run to your computers after like the show. Days, after the yeah. show. <laughs> or just open up another tab while you're watching. Yes. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Charles. All right. Uh, because, God forbid, you're ever 30 seconds away from a Frappuccino, the Starbucks <laughs> located on the Marketplace side will now deliver your delicious at Disney, order At Disney Springs. At just. Disney Springs, yeah. So, anyway, uh, you can order Starbucks coffee through the app. Um, and eventually somebody will come around and scream your name with it in whatever store you're shopping. Okay, yeah. So I mentioned this on The Fix yesterday. Um, so, yeah, you, you order it and pay for it on the app. Then you have to call a number and tell them where you are. Mm. And 10 to 20 minutes later, a barista shows up yelling your name with your, with your order. How much do you want to bet? How long is it going to take before they say, oh, I'm at the World of Disney? And then the barista gets there, and they're not there. And mm-hmm. then you've got baristas running around down, uh, Disney Springs, you know, yelling your name, carrying your now cold coffee. Um, is this was this a thing? Did this need to be? It's well, stupid. It it worked well in practice on Sunday morning. It was the release of the Dooney and Burke, uh, the dog bag. That I mean, I waited in that line for Kylie to buy her a purse, and it was four hours. So uh, people needed drinks. They needed stuff delivered. And uh, so this was the go-to thing that everyone was just Yeah, but if you're shopping, I mean, like, how how long is it going to be before somebody's like, oh, you know what? I need to go over here and buy this now and completely forget that they have their Starbucks being delivered because that's a thing now. Um, I don't know. That's weird. That's it. It worked great in theory when everyone was bunched up in one place for an extended amount of time. They've been testing it with cast members, I guess, for a long time where they'll deliver Starbucks to their work location. 
But when you start moving around, it just adds so many extra variables. But if it goes away, I'm guessing it's going to be because of exactly that, that too many people aren't staying put and waiting for their coffee. Right. I mean, it sounds to me like this is like for the incredibly rich people that are just going to be in a store, like trying things on with their butler holding everything, you know, <laughs> like the whole time, like they're doing it. That's what this sounds like to me is that this is for like, please don't give Pete ideas. <laughs> <laughs> this is for like, I like the, having you as my butler, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, you guys remember that, uh, that, that's the news thing that came out with Michael Jackson years ago where they followed him around and he was buying things in Vegas. Like, that's who this is for. This is for that guy who who's going to be just buying things in Vegas for hours. So, yeah. I, I resemble know. that remark. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Charles. Uh, Craig. Okay. So, the Disney has released the Moonlight Magic uh, dates for... 2018. If you don't know what that is, that's a the DVC after hour events that happen in the parks that are completely free for vacation club members. And uh, I won't run through all the details on it, but the Magic Kingdom events will be happening uh, January 11th, 28th, and the 6th. Um, Animal Kingdoms March 21st, April 17th, May 16th. Typhoon Lagoons May 30th and June 11th. Uh, Epcot is July 16th and the th- August 13th. Hollywood Studios is September 19th, 26th, and October 3rd. And California Adventure will be November 15th. And uh, if you go on to uh, Disney, uh, the Diz, WDWinfo.com, you can get a full look at like when you can start signing up for a reservation. Um, you do have to get one in order to attend the event, uh, and you need one valid dvc membership card and a photo id when you're going into the party and you can only do one event date for each participating park so i've been to one before and they're fun cool all right thank you craig rhino uh so mine is just that the december 1st um mickey's very uh excuse me mickey's very merry christmas party sorry (laughs) it's not full name it's not right there uh it's sold out so if you want to go on the first, you can't. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of the dates are still open. So far, yeah. Only two sold out. One was in the middle of November. Well, which that was I, the first one. First one. The and first then one sold this out, one, yeah. yeah. So that's it. All right. Great. Thank you, Rhino. Thank you, everybody. That is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it, folks. And we'll see you again next week with another edition of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us. And remember... Stay out of the damn lakes. 